Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Hawkoff. Hawkoff has released Hair Sear. This band gets stronger with every release, and this one is an absolute must. And here is my interview with Hawkoff. Hello, my friend. Hello, Robert. How are you doing? Doing great. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, no problem. I'm sorry. Sorry for messing up so many times. You know, life is uh, life is um, life is messy. Yes, life is full twists and turns. I totally understand. Yeah. Well, it's just you know, in this farming business, uh, animals get sick. You know, time flies away, and then all of a sudden, you remember, God damn, we had a we had an interview waiting. So I'm re I'm really sorry about that screw-ups no no problem i wanted to ask about the creative process for hair sir how did it come yeah. how did the material come to you well you know it all started out with me um i had this idea of um doing it you know all the way i started by building this uh, iron age um it's a it's an instrument it's called the horse-haired liar it's like uh, um yeah, what, what could I compare it to? It's like some kind of ancient uh, cello or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, I, I started with building that one. I started playing some stuff. I got some ideas for, for riffs and, and, you know, really getting that primal vibe from actually playing on instruments from the Viking age, you know. And that, that was how it all started. And then it evolved into uh, something else. You know, I, I got myself a violin and I learned to play violin well learned to play but you know i started playing violin at least and uh, did a lot of violin stuff and a lot of there's a lot of strings on this album you know not just guitars and bass but other strings as well yes and i i wanted to ask you um if you could speak yeah. on the song uh vendel crow and the title track those are my two favorite tracks on the album oh really oh that's uh, that's very cool well vendel crow uh, that one I actually wrote on the violin, you know, but it's uh, <laughs> since I'm yet yeah, at least um, I I contacted this guy who lives in America now. He plays the violin in some big uh, big orchestra, you know. Does uh, does a lot of vir virtuosic stuff, and he's really really competent. Uh, Philip Pogarty is his name. And I asked him if he, he could do the violin for that one because I had the idea of making this really super neoclassical violin driven driven uh, thrash metal kind of song and mm -hmm. so yeah that's uh, that's how it came came to be on the on the musical side and the idea about uh, you know writing about the Vendelkrow or the Vendelkrauke in in uh, old Norse uh, you know I, I've had that for a long time it's a really fascinating story about this uh, this uh, Swedish king who who is slain in Denmark and and the Danes build a wooden crow they send back um to mock him you know and uh, yeah it all re results in 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 a, a big <laughs> vengeance act eventually you know but uh, it's just a fascinating tale you know mm -hmm. and Harrison, what can i tell you about that one that was actually one of the first uh, first tracks i wrote it's all written on the horse-haired liar on the yohiko it's called in, in finnish uh, because you know i live right on the border here between sweden and finland so uh, sometimes, ah. sometimes it's Swedish words, and sometimes Finnish, and sometimes ancient Norse. You know, so it can be a little bit uh, <laughs> bewildering from time to time. 
but but anyway, it's the, it's the first uh, track I wrote for the album, and um, yeah, I really like that that feeling of um, yeah. I was really after that Motorhead in the Viking Age vibe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, really really kind of proto thrash uh, stuff together with this uh, f- primal feeling of um, ancient instrumentation. That's it, and the Hellsinger, you know, that's um, that's also the 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 title of the album. That was it was um, I can't find the word right now, but the Hellsinger was uh, an old type of chieftain, you know. Before later on, it became a military commander or someone who commanded around hundred men or something like that. But in the old times, a Hellsinger was a freeborn man, you know, with a right to own land. And he, he was kind of an earl in his own right. And he did not answer to any king. He, he was completely free. And I really liked, liked that concept, you know. Right. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, what was the hardest track for you personally to lay down? The hardest one to lay down? Well, they were all pretty hard this time because of me putting this... Uh, this mm, yoke of playing the violin on my shoulders, you know, that, that was mm. really a bit, a bit of a challenge. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm super happy that I actually pulled through, you know, and, and because playing the violin has been a dream of mine since I was a kid. And now, now finally, you know, I can yes. play, you know, I can play, I can play my old stuff at least. And that, that, that makes me super happy. But I mean, there, there were a few, a few tracks here that was really, really a struggle until I had them nailed down, but I can't remember exactly which ones. There were so many, <laughs> so many hours of frustration this time. You know, it's insane. I wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved. Yeah, this artist, uh, it's, it's a lady from um, Albania. Uh, she's been working with us for a long time. She's done a lot of, uh, a lot of different uh, covers you know and, and merchandise artwork and stuff like that it's my my wife is is uh, running all the layout stuff on the on the label you know and mm. uh, she they, they are working closely you know and have done so for a number of years now and i think she really did a great job on on uh, on this Hattelsil album absolutely album. yeah and uh i wanted to ask you as well uh, what is the next step for you the next step right now is uh, taking a few days off, you know, and celebrate Christmas with my, with my family because, uh, yeah, it hasn't been too many, <laughs> too many days off lately. It's been a lot of work, and uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be super nice, you know, just uh, lots of uh, horse training, horse riding, a little bit of uh, arrow shooting, and possibly a little bit of hunting, and everything would be super swell. After that. You know, next year there's a lot of stuff happening. We're gonna put out. I have this other band, the Bourbon Boys, who's making the comeback after like close to 15 years of silence, and we're gonna go on tour and we're gonna release an album, and it's gonna be all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I have some great plans in the making here. We are. Uh, I'm meeting a few guys in January to start sit down and, and plan this whole um, this whole shenanigan. It's gonna be a really big undertake undertaking, but. Uh, I will drop some more news on that later on. I also wanted to ask you if you could speak on your musical development. At what age did you begin? 
I began playing guitar when I was nine years old. I got to borrow a guitar from a from a guy in my father's hunting club. You know, he could play like three chords or something like that, and I borrowed it from him. Him and I was, yeah, you know, trying to figure that stuff out on my own. It was, you know, it was a different time. There was no YouTube, <laughs> YouTube yes. or anything like that. Yeah, I was listening to some um, Motorhead, Motorhead, and uh, um, Judas Priest and ACDC, and tried to copy the riffs you know and <laughs> fake the solos and all that kind of stuff it was uh yeah but i think the thing that was different back then was that everybody got their own style because there was nobody to show you the way you know sure and that and the, that really but but it, yeah i mean for for better or for worse but uh yeah it took it took some while eventually i found this guy who who told me uh, you know the system, how it works. You know, and how to how to make chords and understand chords and build up stuff like that. And uh, later on, I I studied some music theory and uh, uh, stuff like that. But uh, from the beginning, it was all you know, the old school of hard knocks. You know. And you've had a great career. I wanted to ask you along your journey, what has been the best advice that has been given to you along the way? You know, the best advice that has been given to me. I've gotten a few good advice advices through the years, but which one is the best? I think, you know, this business is a little bit cynical and you get a little bit cynical after a while. And, and the advice that I give to young, young guys who are starting out is just that, you know, be careful with who you trust. And I think that's the best mm -hmm. advice you can get in this, in this game because, uh, you know, there are vultures out there. That's for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. But, but I mean, apart from that, I don't know. You, you know, I remember Peter Tetkin from uh, Pain and Hypocrisy. Uh, he, he gave me some, some uh, really good thoughts on the way, you know, how to focus on, on the live show and uh, do stuff like that, you know, uh, how to how to build up the crew and all that kind of stuff but i mean that's more like uh, technical solutions uh, on the road i don't remember any any one advice that has been been the best i wanted to talk to you about another big part of your life besides uh, family and music and that's farming i wanted to ask if you mm -hmm. could speak on that yeah i could we don't have a big farm you know the big plan is um, I believe in self-reliance, you know, uh, I think it's uh, super important, you know, in order to be an asset in my community and in, in you know, to other people, I need to take care of myself first. So uh, a lot of, a lot of my time, a lot of my um, efforts go into building, building up this self-sufficient farm. And uh, the only way I can see uh, possible to get uh, self-sufficient up here in this climate and the way it is, is to look backwards, you know, look into history. Because mm -hmm. if there was something that our ancestors, uh, the old Norse, uh, Norse people and, the, you know, uh, some of them were Vikings, but all of them were farmers. And they did not just survive, they thrived, you know, because they yes. understood how, how to do it. So that's why I'm working so much with all these um, old farming tools, you know, like the scythe and the hay racks and the stuff like that, just trying to do um, do it the way they did. And once you start, you, you find out that they were quite genius, you know, because 
this is a lot of lost knowledge that we really, really need to preserve because I'm a little bit concerned that um, almost all of all of humanity are starting to sort of log out from nature and log into this, uh, um, I don't know, this, <laughs> this uh, second non-existing life on the internet. And I, I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit um, dangerous to rely so hard on technology because it doesn't take much and we're without power. And what do you do then? It's hard to eat the screen, you know? Sure, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Yeah, so that's um, that's that really uh, why why we have this farm and why we why we do all this stuff. I mean, it's not a big farm; it's just um, some sheep, some chicken, and I have the horses. The horses are mainly for my own personal well-being and recreation. But but um, the eggs and the meat from the sheep and all that, you know, can keep us keep us going for a long time. You combine that with a little bit of salmon fishing in the river and a little bit of uh, hunting in the forest here, and we are, you know, snug, snug as bugs. I also wanted to ask you, um, during the time that you have been an artist, what do you mm -hmm. feel has been your proudest moment as an artist? Well, I think, with <laughs> honestly, right now, with Herzirau, with this accomplishment, with the violin, with this uh, this album made out of authentic instruments, you know, and uh, uh, all this stuff, and seeing it climb the charts and getting all this fantastic, fantastic uh, feedback from all all of the fans and followers, you know, it's uh, really it's super heartwarming. It's been a hard road to get to this point, and I mean, we do it all in house. It's all it's all done by us. It's our own label. There is no. There, there, there is nothing else. So I mean, that's uh, that's something that I'm really proud of that we have Absolutely. actually achieved that, uh, achieved this. Yeah. And uh, speaking of doing everything in house, what is the best way to get a physical copy of the album and any merchandise from the band? The best way is to uh, go surf on the internet and type thoughtofitrecordings.com and click on the web shop and there you will find everything we have at the moment, all the cool stuff that uh, you can't find anywhere else. And lastly, I wanted to ask you if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? It would be pretty short and it would be, I love you all. <laughs> That's about mm. it. No, no, but, but honestly, you know, it's a, uh, it's like, Without without the fans, without the listeners, there's no no point for me in doing this. You know, I'm not a young guy anymore. But when I when I see when I see the reactions, you know, when when I feel that that tremendous uh, positive energy, you know, it really makes it worthwhile. Uh, and I mean, I would always be playing music, but I don't know if I would do it uh, in a professional way. You know, if it wasn't for the fans. Well, I can tell you definitely create a fan in me in this album. Um, it's oh. my first experience with with you. And uh, I was just brought back to the days of, uh, as a youth, I was a huge Jethro Tall fan. And, oh, right. Uh, and the works of Ian Anderson. I just thought, oh, yeah. I was always I loved the music. I hear you. 
uh, Jethro Tull and Ian Anderson. And it's really funny, you know, that the last album they put out, a friend of mine who is a big Jethro Tull fan pointed me towards that one. And they have a lot of these Nordic scales and stuff that I'm, that I'm working with all the time. And uh, there was a lot of um, um, uh, Norse mythology and, and, and all that. And it's a really, uh, it sounds really, really good. And I mean, Ian Anderson, he is a musical genius. Uh, uh, that flute of his, uh, that's, yeah, it's out of this world. He's super great. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you say that, you know, because, uh, yeah, I think I haven't been such a big Jethro Tull fan myself. Because I, I'm, I don't know. They've always been there, and I love what they've done. But it's not like like I've spent my time being a fan. But getting that mm. comparison makes me super proud. So thank you a lot, Robert, for that. Well, you're very welcome, mate. And like I say, thank you for creating an amazing album. I loved it from top to bottom, and ah. I look forward to what happens next, my friend. Oh, I hear you. I'm super thrilled to hear that. Super thrilled. Makes me so happy. Uh, I wanted to thank you for taking time to listen to me. I know that, uh, especially this time of year, we're all very busy, and uh, we all want to be with what matters most, and that is family. That's correct. Always family first. You are 100% right about that. So I'm the one who says thank you, Robert. It's... Um, it's been an honor to be on your podcast. Well, thank you, my friend. And you have a great rest of your day and enjoy your holidays. You too. You too. Good Yule to you all. Take care. All right. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor a podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.